0: Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. Join us for this all-access pass backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live event industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hoover. We'll introduce you to incredible guests who journey
1: with us as we dive deep into the world of venues, tours, festivals, and everything in between. Grab your laminate and meet us in Venue Land.
0: Today's adventure takes us to the future home of EVMC 2024. Of course, we're talking about Denver, Colorado, and and joining us today is Jennifer Persine. She's the executive director, venue marketing, and publicity at Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Jen, how you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good. Not too bad. We're all we were all before uh, we started recording, uh, sharing our tales of how many inches of snow that we're in. So for you, uh, we're uh West coast, coast listeners. To Denver. We're, yes, that's right. <laughs>
2: we're lucky here there's like 300 days of sunshine usually in Colorado so even when we get snow it does not stick around so very happy about that
0: well let's talk to you about today we're going to get into it because I know you quite an interesting history and some time there at uh uh in in Denver as we'll get into but what I wanted to start with was for folks who aren't familiar with cronky sports and entertainment what's what's that
2: yeah, great question. Um, so we are one of uh, the world's leading like entertainment and management ownership groups. Um, so you may or may not be familiar with the Kroenke family. Um, but as far as our Denver based division of this goes, KSE owns and operates Ball Arena, which is our arena, of course, Paramount Theater, which is like a smaller cap theater in downtown Denver, Dick Sporting Goods Park, which is an outdoor facility. And then also the Denver Nuggets of your NBA, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Colorado Mammoth, and Colorado Rapids. Um, and then we also have other properties under the KSC umbrella here in Denver. So we've got Altitude Sports and Entertainment, which is a 24-hour like regional television network. And then Altitude Authentics, which is our retail provider.
1: That's a lot. It's a lot.
2: Oh, we've got KSC Radio, too. So we have oh radio in Denver as well.
1: <laughs> yes. So.
0: Second question: How do you sleep? I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well. I'm tired. Yeah, with
0: with your role there, what and, and your role is executive director, venue marketing and publicity. So what does that put you uh, in, in your wheelhouse?
2: Yeah, so I basically oversee the venue marketing publicity for the venues. So I'll oversee Ball Arena, Paramount Theater, and Dick Sporting Goods Park in terms of anything pertaining to a concert or family event. So not really touching any like publicities that comes to like teams or anything like that, but anything related to our concert dates, helping our promoters market those shows, that's what me and my team are here to help with.
0: With the with the shared ownership, does that help kind of naturally bridge some of those connections with the teams and and how does that relationship work?
2: Yeah, I think um, it really helps us in terms of like our leveraging capability just because you know we can go to a partner um, like effect TV and say, okay, the teams are gonna spend X amount this year. we may need to do this and sure. kind of leverage for our negotiation power. So that's obviously, Super helpful. Obviously, having our own television like network under our umbrella and our own radio is really helpful in the market as a tool for us. So yeah, it really works well, but just like other arenas, you know, we kind of operate separately from the teams. There's a little bit of overlap, but you know, they're occupied with a lot of their own stuff too and their own league sponsor deals and things that we're obviously not involved with.
0: Let's kind of talk through each of the venues, if you don't mind. I'd love to just kind of give everyone a brief overview of, of everything. Let's, let's start with the, with the arena.
2: Yeah. So ball arena, we're obviously based in the heart of downtown Denver, kind of just on the cusp. So right off of the highway and yeah, it's, it's your typical arena, you know, sees a lot of routing tours and then we obviously have three teams playing in our building at all times, pretty much year round, except in the summer. And so our calendar is quite busy for an arena. And so our booker works really hard to secure all those dates and do all that fun stuff. And then we're left to market, you know, those concert and family events that come through, whether it's year over year or, you know, whatever tours are routing through year to year.
0: In the arena, you've got this amazing restaurant, this themed restaurant. What's the the name of it? What's it called?
2: Oh my gosh. It's called Breckenridge Brewery Mountain House.
0: Yes. Um, So are you involved with marketing with that at all or how does that work?
2: So I kind of helped when that uh, branding attachment for the name of the restaurant came into play, where I sent out a press release in conjunction with our overall KSC PR team um, to kind of just promote that it was now Breckenridge Brewery's Mountain House. So I assisted with that, but yeah, it's really cool. It's just a restaurant we own and operate yeah, of the building. Fans can make reservations to come, you know, pre-game or pre-show to have their dinner there. And it basically feels like you're walking into a mountain lodge,
1: which it's is so cool. totally it, unexpected. Yeah. You don't feel like you're in an arena anymore. It's pretty wild. Yeah,
2: it's you feel like you're in Colorado, um, which yeah. is cool. And I know when that whole remodel happened prior to me even being here, it was just really exciting for the owners to build that out because it's... It's just quintessential Colorado Lodge, what you would think of when you're sitting in there.
1: (laughs) I know you mentioned the three teams and, you know, probably everyone's going to be familiar with the Nuggets and the Avalanche, but you have the Mammoth, which is a lacrosse team, right? A professional lacrosse team. And that's definitely not as common. And I know when we were out there in November, uh, some of us were kind of picking your brain on, you know, what's that like having a professional lacrosse team? Is it a... You know, well attended. Is it popular in Colorado? You know, what what is that kind of experience? You know, probably very different than the other two, but uh, definitely a third tenant.
2: Yeah, I think it's really fun. You know, it's it's great to have the dates on the calendar year to year. Our Mammoth fan base is really great, really loyal. Um, We've got diehard fans that just love our Mammoth. Great season ticket holders, and it's just it's fun. You know, to be a part of the NLL league. Uh, Things have evolved with that league over the years too. So it's just been fun to be a part of that growth and that exposure over time. Um, But yeah, I, I just think it's fun for our fans and it just offers another indoor sports option for people in Denver. You know, it's such a great sports town. There's so many fans of all different kinds of sports. So it's just fun to bring a different kind of product to our building. And honestly, the games are just so much fun. They're, you know, not exactly what you would expect out of a typical sporting event, you know, you can, you can have a little bit more fun, be a little bit more playful. So it's just a different and exciting kind of product for us to have in our building.
0: Now, you also mentioned, you know, the, the theater, talking a little bit about the, is it Paramount? Is that what you said?
2: Paramount Theater, yeah. We, uh, we're in the heart of downtown Denver, like I said, and we are in our 93rd year of operation, <laughs> which is great. Uh, KSC obviously hasn't owned the building in that entire time, but in the time we have had it, it I don't know, it's kind of a piece of my heart. It's like 1800 seats downtown. Um, it's historic, it's got traditional art deco architecture, you know, a great marquee that's like original that, you know, requires a whole lighting team to kind of manage and upkeep. But it's just a really great theater with a lot of different fun stuff. We do a lot of comedy in our building. We just got off the end of an eight show sold out run of Jim Gafkin which was awesome. Um, You know, we have that. We have rock shows. We have cover bands. Um, We have pop. I mean, it's really a room that anyone can play, and it's just a lot of fun down there.
1: I'm sure it's a fun balance. Like, I know uh, when I worked at, like, the arena and the theater, it is fun kind of having this... Big sort of uh, sandbox in the arena and, you know, this giant scale of shows and then having the total opposite where you can do these more intimate shows. And sometimes those are, frankly, the better shows, you know, you'll get these uh, artists that are maybe playing down or they're kind of like legacy acts and you get to see them in the smaller, more intimate theater. And it's it's really uh, like a special experience. Like, you know, Jim Gaffigan playing eight shows there versus doing like one or two at the arena. I'm sure the people that attended the theater show felt it was much more intimate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that that's part of the fun, right? And just like you said, Paul, like you see people kind of on their ascension up where, you know, someone will play our room and then two years later they're booking our arena. <laughs> so it's right. kind of like fun to see the progression of that as well, as well as those legacy acts like you know, I can't say who, but we just booked a show that we've had here for years that hasn't been around for a couple a couple of the last few years. And it's just, it's going to be great to have them back in our building. Um, so it's kind of fun to just see the life cycle of artists in both rooms.
0: That's very cool. And then of course, you know, um, you mentioned this, this park that you also uh, do, but it's not just a park, right? Dick's Sporting Goods Park is, it's a pretty sizable venue.
2: It is. Yeah, it's it's our stadium in Denver. So it's, it's just outside, actually, in Commerce City, Colorado. Um, so it's not uh, where the Broncos play downtown, but it is where our MLS Colorado Rapids play. So we obviously have all of those games year over year. And then our complex is actually quite sprawling. We have tons of recreational fields around our building that we also have a team that help book. So. That'll host everything from, like, 5K races to intramural soccer leagues and different championships on those fields. So it's really a great community hub for kind of all the activity in that city and surrounding areas for people to know, hey, if I my kid's playing soccer or is going on, like, it's likely happening on our field, <laughs> which is fun.
0: But And talking about the concert venue, because you're, you guys are doing some big shows out there from, you know, Kenny Chesney to Guns and Roses, Luke Bryan.
2: Yeah, every year we have a few concerts out there. We're fortunate that we usually will have fish over Labor Day, which if anyone's had fish shows or worked fish shows, you can kind of imagine what that's like. So (laughs) uh, we have all the fish fans flood in every Labor Day, which is usually great weather in Colorado, bright and sunny, kind of the perfect weather you'd want to be at a stadium experiencing fish. And then, yeah, we usually throw a few acts in as well every year. Like we've had Luke Bryan, um, you, just like you said, Dave, so there's there's just a lot going on uh, in the building. And it is fun to just see people kind of, because experiencing a stadium event's a little bit different than sitting in an arena, right, or sitting in a theater. Like, the vibe is just kind of different. So it's fun to sure. see people, like, listening to their favorite songs while the sun is setting and all of that over Colorado. So it's really picturesque.
1: I like that you mentioned you've head on, you know, talking about Denver as a sports city and talking about these other venues. But really... You all manage so so many venues there, but the town is known as this sort of like hub of entertainment. Like you've got these other historic theaters. You've got this little tiny amphitheater a couple of people have heard of called Red Rocks. Like mm-hmm. you've got you've got the stadium <laughs> where the Broncos play. You know, it is it is truly like a all types of venues and multiple of those types of venues there, which I think makes it, you know, one of those unique cities in the States where you see every size of act, but also you have every type of entertainment from all the major sporting teams to Broadway shows to anything you can expect. So, I mean, I think it's appropriate that we're going there with EVMC, which, you know, is our first year with the new name, which, you know, giving it the venue moniker instead of arenas, but, you know, what have you seen, you know, in your time in Denver? Like what makes it special, that special market, you know, with all this entertainment, you know, beyond what you're working on there? I mean, what what is the kind of magic sauce in that city?
2: Yeah, I think it's been really fun, like having the length of career in this industry I've had in Denver because so much has changed. The way we market shows has changed. The number of rooms in the city has changed. You know, the volume has certainly <laughs> increased and sure. changed yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, But I think what's so fun is for people outside the industry, you might not typically think of Denver as like the entertainment city. Like offhand, people are going to know, yeah, we have basically every type of league team here. You know, you've got football, you've got basketball, soccer, hockey, all of it. But people don't really expect maybe the music and concert side of it so much. Obviously, you think of Red Rocks. As you know the must-see destination of things but we've got a lot of great small rooms that a lot of different people operate in the city and that's kind of also fostered a lot of hometown bands and a lot of success that like those bands have been able to do because they start in those small rooms and work their way all the way up and you get to see you know those play over year over year um so you know, although it might not be like in L.A. or in Nashville in terms of like fostering that culture, like there are still a lot of hometown bands here, a lot of like well-known promoters based here. So there's just there's a lot of activity going on. And, you know, we're all just trying to keep our heads above water and book our shows <laughs> and have them play off, you know.
1: Right. True. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, friendly competition. You know? Yes. Yeah.
0: Jen, you mentioned, you know, obviously increased traffic and it's something I think we're all dealing with now. Right. So we're seeing so many more shows and you're also dealing with something that a lot of us are, are doing. And it's where you've got, you know, your arena, but you maybe also are dealing with a stadium or maybe also dealing with a theater. Talk to me about balancing those shows, because sometimes a little theater show can take up so much time that you should be devoting to one of your arena shows. And, and how do you find that balance and, and, and how do you, you know, allocate which resources should be used for which event?
2: Yeah. You know, I think it's really important to just kind of evaluate what's coming down the pipe and and kind of just making a list ranking, like what needs to be our focus immediately the next two days and the next week and the next month, you know, because we can be, Hey, you know, Olivia Rodrigo's coming. We want to plan some fun backstage activations, but that shows five months from now. And I also have, you know, a show I need to get a marketing settlement ready for that's playing tomorrow. (laughs) So kind of balancing like all of that stuff. I think for me and my team, it's really important to prioritize and have the best use of our resources internally. So, you know, when I'm having our digital marketing manager, like book our meta campaigns on Facebook or something like that, like I want to make sure... She's efficiently doing that to the best of her ability, but then our other managers are also tracking and making sure that those are converting well so that we're not wasting our time continuing to place things for shows where we might need to pivot spend or things like that. And when you have reports and kind of internal processes where you can work through, you know, what's working and what's not, you pretty quickly get a sense of like mapping out what your week or month Is going to look like. Now, of course, (laughs) you always have those shows where something comes down last minute, right? I need this today. We're going up with another show added for this artist in an hour. (laughs) We've all experienced that kind of fun where you just drop everything and rush to the aid of whatever's going on. But it, it really is a big balancing act. I mean, when I started, I was probably overseeing eight to 10 events a year. And I'm, we're in the hundreds now, so like multiple hundreds.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So,
2: I mean, the landscape's just totally different than it was.
1: Hopefully your staff has grown a little bit as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, tell but us about your team.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate to have a pretty robust-sized team. Um, so I've got uh, a digital marketing manager or digital, yeah, digital marketing manager. She kind of oversees all of our social media all of our like social content emails anything having to do with shows themselves and kind of just using our digital platforms to leverage and market those events at all of our buildings Um, and then i also have a venue marketing manager who assists me in all of our ad buying that we're doing in-house for all the shows that we're promoting or co-promoting which as you imagine is a lot of work (laughs) to act as agency and do all of that Um, i also have a Digital content coordinator who is basically our graphic video design editor and also kind of helps with all of our generic social content, anything where we're just not really talking about a show specifically, but we're talking more about like our teams or venue tours you can take, kind of fun pieces like that. And then I also have a venue marketing coordinator who helps us with all of our grassroots work. So say when like Cirque du Soleil comes to town and wants you to reach out to a hundred different small (laughs) businesses, we have someone who will help with that. And then our intern as well, who just like really helps pick up all of all the missing pieces that we can't get to.
0: It sounds like a good team, though.
2: It is. It's great.
0: It's so important to have those people you can rely on. Yeah, for sure
1: are you all having to do, you know, media escorting at all these different venues Are you know, how are you dividing that up if you've got multiple shows on the same night or do you, you just kind of like, okay, you know, everyone, are you cross training a lot too, to where you have like, okay, intern, sorry, you're going to be doing this. Cause we're going to be at the stadium. Someone else is going to be at the theater, but you at least know how.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A few, a, a month or so out, we're usually assigning those events and luckily due to the size of our team, we're kind of able to divide and conquer, which is great. You know, obviously the needs at an arena are going to be like a much higher level and require more people than something that we're activating at the theater. Um, But for us, like we always have someone at an arena event. Um, There's just always something to capture that FOMO that you want to like have on your social media and relay to your fans that are following you. And then on the theater side, we're not at every single event because like nearly 200 events, 200 plus events a year. It's just not humanly possible to be at all of those. But uh, we try to attend, you know, all the the big stuff that's playing as much as we can just so we have that that content as well for those channels.
0: So, Jen, let's take it back for a a little bit. Um, When you were at uh, Colorado State University. Yes. Are you you're, you're doing hospitality management did you know you wanted to get into live events, or how did you get the the live event bug?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, yeah, it's funny because I I initially came into school as a declared engineer. And wow. <laughs> about, I don't know, maybe a month and a half before I put my feet as a freshman on campus, I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can and
2: relate. My dad was in marketing, and I was like, you know, that kind of seems more fun. Like I'm, I can't say I'm the most creative person, but I definitely like kind of the marketing and branding side of things. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna declare my business degree. I'm gonna go get my marketing degree, and and just it was a really good fit for me. Um, I was fortunate to come into college with a lot of credit actually from high school, so. I was on track to graduate in three years and I didn't want to graduate in just three years. So that's when I added my hospitality management degree on top of it. (laughs) So I could stay for four years. There was a lot of overlap between those two degrees at the time. And yeah, you know, I just kind of fell into it my sophomore year. I had an internship with the Colorado Eagles, which ironically now is an affiliate of the Avalanche in Windsor, Colorado, just north of us and worked with them for a season in game entertainment, kind of the, the person you imagine throwing the t-shirts into the crowd and walking and trying not to fall <laughs> on the ice, scooping up pucks and doing all of that. And yeah, it kind of just lit this fire where I was like, this could be fun. I don't know if I'll be like, so lucky to get into this industry, but like, we'll give it a shot. And lucky for me, like doors just kept opening in that vein. Cause I was really open to working in any kind of marketing. Um, and, and again, the opportunities and the connections I made in those early internships really helped me, you know, I think <laughs> become a candidate that was interesting as I was continuing to apply for things.
1: Now, did you grow up in Denver? Did you mention that? Is that, is, are you from Denver?
2: I'm from Fort Collins, which is okay. like an hour north of Denver's also where Colorado State University is. So didn't leave too far from home. And then when I graduated, it was 2010 and <laughs> there was not A lot of fun job opportunities in the market like it was a pretty tough time to be graduating um so i took a sales summer internship job with the colorado avalanche and i cold called for three months with the avalanche and then that was kind of how i got my foot in the door at kse and was able to really work my way up to where i am now fortunately
0: you know it's those you laugh about that cold call job but that's those so many times those are the jobs that while they may suck at the time, right? Like it's just, it can be brutal. It's what, it's what's sets people up for success because people that survive, well, that can make it through are the ones that are still in this business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's if you can find some level of contentment, cold calling, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, have any sort of level of success, you know, that's really showing your passion and ability to, to drive and really make things happen for a business, you know, to be able to say I made X amount of dollars in company revenue while I cold called, like there's obviously value to that for any business. So it's, yeah, it's a great fundamental thing on the resume.
1: (laughs) Did you grow up going to any shows or events kind of in Fort Collins or Denver area? Do you have any memorable ones that like when you were younger that you remember attending?
2: Yeah, you know, Fort Collins didn't have quite the burgeoning like level of uh, even venues and entertainment that they have now. Like Northern Colorado has grown a lot in that space. But I do remember the university like bringing in a fair amount of like booked talent there was usually like six speakers a year or something that would go into our like basketball arena on campus there and speak I do remember my mom took me to see Maya Angelou which still just sticks in my brain is such a cool thing to be able to like have listened to her um, as a young impressionable teenager so that one sticks out in my mind we also have a, a theater up there um, the Lincoln Center. So, you know, all of your kind of theatrical shows, Christmas Carol every year. I remember attending that as a kid, too, which was always fun. Got to love a little theater. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, hey, we're talking, we're talking a lot about Denver, but this one question mark I have for you is you spent a, a couple months as an intern for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I did. <laughs> How did that happen?
2: Yeah, so no more snow. To leave, yeah, no more snow. I moved into the very (laughs) rainy season of Tampa where it was poor rain (laughs) the entire month of the summer, yeah. Right before I turned 21, um, I yeah, I was just looking for summer opportunities that would like kind of keep me in the vein of the industry I had been in, uh, whether it's venues or hockey, I was kind of open to whatever. And I literally just was on teamwork online, just like seeing what jobs were available and applied and ended up getting the internship with the Lightning that summer um, as their like marketing intern. So yeah, I packed up everything for Colorado to drove down to Tampa and found some other intern roommates for three months. And yeah, really just like spent a lot of time diving in in like a more marketing focused internship role, which was like, really helpful for me because at the time there, my manager, she was not only marketing the lightning but she was also doing all the show settlements for marketing yeah. yeah so I really got to see kind of both sides of things, both like marketing of sports and like kind of the the grassroots side of what that looked like as well as hey like here's how a show settlement goes and like here Jen send out a press release for this event and I really got to like kind of see, all of those pieces. And so when I came back to Denver, when that internship was over, I was like, you know, this is something I think I could be good at and let's see what happens.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that, that jump from, you know, that summer sales associate position with the, with the avalanche to kind of how you ended up working, you know, for Cronky and then, you know, a a lot of time there with, with ticket house, uh, or sorry, ticket horse before you uh, uh, got fully into the whole venue side of things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I was the summer sales associate for the abs doing all that great cold calling. And then when that internship concluded, I was able to get on board in customer service. And I was like, I just need an in at this company. I'm just going to make connections. I'm going to grind for a year or two. I'm going to see what happens. Um, so yeah, I did customer service for about a year and a half. Um, at the time, access wasn't branded access, but their back-end ticketing platform, you could basically rebrand on the front end. So Ticket Horse was actually like a company owned brand, but the back end was access. So I actually kind of got familiar with being able to like pull tickets for customers on the phone, fix their customer service issues and things like that. So I took all those calls for a year and a half and expressed to my manager, like, Hey, this is great, but I really need to be moving in like a marketing trajectory. Like, what do I need to do? And Um, A year and a half in, I was fortunate they promoted me to marketing coordinator. So I started, you know, kind of assisting on the ground level with all the marketing efforts for the ticketing company, which really involved, again, like a lot of socials, a lot of like website management, you know, marketing emails, because we were sending all of that. It wasn't, you know, access or TM weren't sending that at the time. So really did a lot of that. And then the manager left and I was promoted to marketing manager. And then in... 2014, four years later, I was like, you know, I really, the ticketing side's great and marketing the tickets is great, but like, let's try and to transition. And our venue marketing manager left. And so in 2014, I moved over into her role on the booking side. And I've been there ever since. So I'm coming up on 10 years on the booking side in our company. Um, and like, like we talked about earlier, my team has grown over the years because it used to be party of one, a la me, and now we're quite a bit, quite a bit larger. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, I was just fortunate to like kind of have the right experience and be ready to grind and kind of work my way up into, you know, what I wanted to do, and ultimately build the team that I needed and wanted to be able to do this job to the best of our ability.
1: What are some of the things from working on that more ticketing side? That you you know took with you that you kind of remember that maybe if you hadn't worked on that side you wouldn't have fully understood or appreciated maybe as much like what are what are some of the important takeaways you remember?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean the biggest one that comes to mind first is just really understanding the customer and understanding what that customer flow and purchase flow looks like and understanding that like different demographics have different challenges with this you know I would have people call in with ADA needs who literally like couldn't distinguish text on the website due to color issues and that's something I've carried into my role now or people who are maybe you know in an older age group seeing a, a legacy band who are really having an issue buying tickets online and just are calling in to do that Um, and the kind of needs that they have versus, you know, someone who's 18 and has bought tons of concert tickets before (laughs) and just plows through the purchase process. It doesn't think about the fact that their terms and conditions say that there aren't refunds on their ticket and kind of planning that process. So kind of, it helps me get a baseline initial understanding of demographics, I would say, which obviously helps me market shows now, but also just understanding like what our customers are experiencing during that purchase flow. And like, how can I, as a marketer, communicate that now so that people have the best ingress and like entry point into our facilities because that's the first experience they have with us is landing on that ticket page right. you know before they step into our building and ensuring that that process is streamlined and easy for them is so important
0: then when we you know we talk about you know your your time here in, in Denver, you know, I think you said 10 years in the current position, 13 years, a little over 13 years now with Cronky is, you know, as somebody who has uh, also been with his current company for about a little over 13 years, you know, there's some people who love to jump from market to market and some folks, you know, Hey, this is my city. I love this city. And this is where I'm, I'm, you know, you know, kind of keeping myself and and, as, and people have different views. Is that a good thing? You know, or should I always be striving for that bigger market or whatever? but are you, are you content in Denver? Is Denver where you see your, your career playing out?
2: I mean, I love Denver. I'm born and raised Colorado and we're unicorns out here to be honest at this point, because there's so many people that have moved into town, but right. yeah, I just love it so much. And yeah, it's hard to envision not ending my career here in Denver, but I mean, that being said, I'm definitely open to things like my husband's from Texas. So like Texas could be on the table for us at some point again, but I don't know. I'm just always excited to keep like pushing the envelope and learning more. And if a great opportunity presented itself to do that, like I would be open to it. That being said, it's going to take quite a bit to pull me out of my (laughs) home and and I think too, like work in this role for so long, you also just develop such close relationships with your other promoters, like my live nation rep in Denver and our AEG reps, you know, I've known for so many years, even pre pandemic, you know, so We also like, it's easy to collaborate with them and we have a great line of communication because we've just worked together for so many years. And so there's also a lot of value in that because we can quickly bounce ideas off each other, shoot each other a call or a text. And it's just a lot easier to operate when you have that baseline relationship and knowledge.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a critical point. Which you sometimes do lose when you maybe bounce around markets, as you're having to learn new reps everywhere. And if reps change, it's like it's constantly. It becomes more transactional, I think, and less of a relationship. And so, you know, that is one of the benefits. You know, as as another person, as the third person on this call who is embedded in a market, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that is. I didn't I think, want to speak for you, Paul. <laughs> I, I think that is a a a huge benefit as you do sort of develop with promoters and even in the market, you know, different uh, businesses or whatever it is that you're working with. If you've been working with them for five or 10 years, they're going to trust you to take risks and you have a crazy idea. They're going to explore it with you because you have that relationship built. You're not just the, you know, some new kid in town that's trying to, you know, pull something over on or whatever they might feel. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've got some great businesses that we love to partner with too. I mean, a lot of people come to Denver and if they're readers, they want to go to tattered cover bookstore downtown, or if they're record, you know, listeners, they love to go to twist and shout, which is both have been around for really long time and are really well known. So yeah, being able to have those kinds of relationships and just say, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what can we do together here to like, make this more interesting for fans? There's a lot, I mean, again, talking about leverage and just relationships,
1: it's pretty invaluable you're talking about it a bit now, but you know, for maybe for those attendees that are thinking about coming to the conference this June, you know, what makes Denver special to you? Like, obviously we've hit on the many venues, the many teams, you know, that is, that does make it it, an exceptional city, but you know, they might find that in other locations and you do have some iconic venues, which is cool. And this beautiful, you know, uh, mountain line to to one side, but you know, what, what makes denver amazing you know what what places would you make sure you would always want to hit if you were to visit or or if you have family come to town you're telling them to you know make sure you do this
2: absolutely yeah it's it's hard to pick because i'm so biased (laughs) to all of these things but there's just so many different experiences you can have but i would really say if you're visiting denver you know experience the city and get outside there is so much going on downtown and in our hubs but You really want to just get an experience like everything Colorado has to offer as well. Like you should go up into Red Rocks. Even if you can't get a ticket to a show, it's a park during most mornings and most days because you know, it's just been owned by the city for forever. So, like, if you can't get a ticket, at least go walk the stairs, take a hike, look around, see the views. Like, it's just so beautiful experience. Um, I always recommend people drive into I-70 and just go to a lookout spot and just kind of look over the Front Range Mountains. because You'll see it landing in, depending on the way your plane's coming in. But something about just seeing that mountain range every morning, and it's just so close to the city. I mean, 20, 30 minutes in the city, and you're, like, in the mountains. I mean, it's just it's that Rocky Mountain High that people have sung about, right? Like, it's just (laughs) such a great experience. And then too, like, we have so many fun downtown areas, like our River North District, Rhino, like, there's tons of great outdoor art. There's breweries with patios. Like, June's going to be the perfect time of year for people to be here. It should be sunshine-filled, amazing weather. (laughs) Like, you really just can't ask for much more. So not only are people going to be able to, like, network and pull all of this in, but it's just, you really can't beat Colorado most times of year, I would argue, but especially (laughs) in the summer.
1: (laughs) Just got to make sure you drink a lot of water.
2: A lot of water, water.
0: yes. (laughs) Altitude sickness is a real thing. Don't be afraid of it, but just drink a lot of water. Jen, you mentioned your husband. Uh, Tell me about your family there with you and uh, how they uh, support you on your adventure.
2: Yeah. So it's funny. When I started dating my husband, he was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm just in marketing. Like I just do things. I kind of always lay that low because the, you smart. know you never want the, while you're dating, never want the, so can you get me tickets question?
0: <laughs> nope. That's a, that's a deal breaker.
2: It's the deal breaker. Right. So yeah, he's great. He's just been so supportive and he, yeah, is born and raised in Texas and then came out here to launch Amazon fresh and he's in the tech and finance industry now, which is great. And yeah, so we met and kind of had a right before the pandemic and um, got engaged in 2020 and <laughs> married the next year. We had our daughter right out of the gate and now are expecting our second. So we're just having our little whirlwind romance over here. But he's so great. He's so supportive and just, you know, hey, I need to go work a show tonight. And he's like, I got it. You go. And he's just he's so great about everything.
0: And then uh, you said, did you mention a toddler?
2: Yes. Yeah. So my daughter will be two here in a few months and I'm due next month with our second. So we are going to have a party in the Persine household of very loud. <laughs> and you've got a dog, household. right? Yes. Yeah. We have our rescue pup, Bauer. And um, I don't think he knows what he's, what's coming to him <laughs> with his he's next gonna baby. He's going to be like
1: another one of these little kids. Like,
2: leave <laughs> like, me alone I want to sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's so great. So, Full House over here.
0: Oh, no yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
2: I'm gonna need it.
0: When they when they when they're older, they cause more. They cause bigger problems. But when they're little, it's just it's just a matter of just staying awake. You know, that's half the battle. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it's fun. You know, we've had a lot of fun memories with her. I have photos of her in the Stanley Cup when the Abs won in 2022. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we took her to her first playoff game that year. And so, you know, we're, we're making those event memories right out of the gate, which I think is really going to be fun for oh, her to look awesome. back on. Yeah.
0: Jen, before we wrap things up, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions. Just looking for your instant response. First up, do you remember, do you remember your very first concert?
2: <sighs> I don't think it was till I was a teenager. It was under oath. If you can believe not it or those. not. How yes. about
0: that? Wow. Love that. <laughs> do you have a favorite concert?
2: I would say Ed Sheeran, he, he did a stadium tour here, which I unfortunately missed, but he did play our theater the night before, which was so amazing. It was really small. Oh. Yeah, and I've seen him in our arena too and he's just incredible, live.
0: How about your favorite thing to do on a day off?
2: Hmm, right now, probably nap, if
0: I'm being <laughs> <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> I get it, I get it. <laughs> uh, what's the, who's got the best breakfast in Denver? Ooh, this is a personal question for Dave. He actually, does yes, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> making plans uh, now.
2: <laughs> that's such a hard question to answer. <sighs> oh gosh, I don't even know if I can. I will say there is a bakery called Bakery Four in our Tennyson district. And if you are a croissant or cinnamon roll bread kind of person and you just want to get a coffee and a pastry to go, that's where I'm headed.
0: The, what's the little place downtown? Just uh, it's 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 this diner that's not too far from the hotel we're doing EVMC at, and I got a burrito about the size of my head. It was amazing.
2: Yes, oh uh, gosh, I'm gonna lose my mind. Tom, it's not Tom's diner. I know what you're talking about, and I can't yeah. remember the name. Anyway, of
0: it. hit me up in Denver, and I'll t- I'll take you there.
2: Yeah, we'll <laughs> go there in June. Last
0: last question for you. Uh, what's your theme song? So there's Ooh. a TV show, cameras following you all around, filming your life. Uh, what is the song that plays over the the opening credits of the Gen Show?
2: I'm gonna say I'll be there for you from Friends because I just a I love that show, and I think that that's pretty defining character for me. I'm I'm usually a ride or die with my friends and family, so I love that. that. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, yeah. Obviously, you've got a lot of venues there, but who do you want to plug? Where can people follow along your venues or or even uh, reach out to you? Anything you want to throw out there?
2: Yeah, you guys can find me on LinkedIn or uh, on Instagram at JNORD303, rep in Denver. Um, And then our venues, we are at Ball Arena Denver, at Paramount Denver, and at Dick's Sporting Goods Park across most of our channels. So you can follow us there.
0: There you go. Just that easy. Hey, thank you so much for the time today. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you and your, your busy schedule, and I'm, it's only only getting busier from here, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> thanks so much. It's been so fun.
0: Hey, and a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love it when you give us one of those five-star reviews. It, it helps others find us, and we always say that, but go ahead and do it today. Uh, and until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger.
1: And I'm Paul Hooper. We will see you out in Denver. And thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Venue Marketing Conference, a marketing conference that brings together diversified event and venue professionals to cultivate education, collaboration, and innovation for the growing sports and live entertainment industry. Find out more at eventvenuemarketing.com.
2: Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker.
1: Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.